0: This is the podcast of The Branch in Ashland, Virginia. Just like it's easy to get distracted when you're driving, we can easily get distracted in life. There's plenty that can pull our attention away from things that are more important, or that can monopolize our attention away from what we still need to be focused on. God's people were easily distracted as they journeyed through the wilderness. Something would get difficult or hard, and they would only focus on that one thing rather than remembering all that God had already done for them. Today, we look at an instance of that in Exodus 17 when God's people were thirsty. They let that need distract them, and they forgot what God had already done. But God provided for them. He refocused them so that they could see that He was still with them and hadn't forgotten them. Do you remember the first time that you sat behind the wheel of a car. You know, some of you um, haven't even been there yet, so you have something to anticipate, and hopefully you can get something from this conversation. But but the rest of you who have sat behind the wheel of a car, do you remember what it felt like that first time that you did that? I mean, think about not when you drove in a parking lot or drove on a driveway, but when you actually drove with other cars around you? Were you feeling overwhelmed about having to keep track of everything, the the people on either side of you, the people in front of you, the people behind you? Did you worry that you wouldn't be able to take it all in at once? And did you look in your rear view mirror and then look in your side view mirrors, maybe look over your shoulder, keep Your eye on the car in front of you. You know, when it comes to driving, it seems like anticipation is the name of the game. We always have to be anticipating what's coming and what's around us. Always trying to keep that big picture in mind. Not focusing on one thing too much, but looking at everything around us. Because if we don't, um, the moment that we stop paying attention to one of the things, front, back, sides is the minute that we find ourselves getting into trouble, getting into a crash. Did you ever find that you were missing something or you were distracted and, and all of a sudden you realize that you were focusing too much on one thing and not on something else? You know, I think, I think life is a lot like driving because we always need to keep our eyes open. We always need to be looking around us. We need to be looking behind us. We need to be looking in front of us. We need to be using our mirrors and doing our best to make sure that we keep everything before us. And you know, frankly, that can be so much easier said than done, because just like when we're driving and we find ourselves distracted by things, so when we're living and walking and journeying through life, we can also find ourselves distracted by things that are commanding our attention that are vying for our attention and saying hey look at me look at me look at me and when we start looking at those things we lose sight of everything else we stop paying attention to other things that need our attention equally you know last week here at the branch we we looked at the idea of sabbath and how Sabbath was created to carve out a day of rest so that we could recharge and we could remember all that God had done for us. It was one day out of seven when we stop, when we cease from all our work, when we can reflect on who God is and what he's done and, and enjoy him and his creation to actually find enjoyment and delight in him. You know, in some ways, Sabbath is like that point when we're driving, when we are looking at all our mirrors, looking in front of us, looking behind us, and we've taken it all in. It's that point in our journey where we reorient ourselves. That's why it's set up so that we have this rhythm where we do it every seven days. This reorientation of our focus when we get distracted along the way. Walking through the book of Exodus as we've been, we've we've seen God's people journeying through the wilderness. And as they journeyed through the wilderness, it was really easy to let big distractions overtake them. There were enemies out there who were trying to kill them, trying to defeat them. They found themselves hungry. They found themselves uh, thirsty. They found themselves tired and, and impatient and sad and longing for something else. And as they came to those different distractions, they needed to be really careful that those things didn't take us, take them from something more significant. In Exodus 17, we see such a scenario where the people of God, as they're journeying, something distracts them, and that distraction becomes the only thing that's in their viewport. It's the only thing that they can see. And so uh, we're going to read in Exodus chapter 17, starting in verse 1. Um, This is in the New International Version. If you have a Bible or an app, you can... Look it up. The whole Israelite community set out from the desert of sin, traveling from place to place as the Lord commanded. They camped at Rephidim, but there was no water for the people to drink. And so they quarreled with Moses and said, Give us water to drink. And Moses replied, Why do you quarrel with me? Why do you put the Lord to the test? But the people were thirsty for water there. And they grumbled against Moses. They said, Why did you bring us up out of Egypt to make us and our children and our livestock die of thirst? And Moses cried out to the Lord, What am I to do with these people? They're almost ready to stone me. And the Lord answered Moses, Go out in front of the people. Take with you some of the elders of Israel. Take in your hand the staff with which you struck the Nile and go. I'll stand there before you by the rock at Horeb. Strike the rock and water will come out of it for the people to drink. And so Moses did this in the sight of the elders of Israel and he called the place Massah and Meribah because the Israelites quarreled and because they tested the Lord saying, is the Lord among us or not? You know, the, the people of God, as they're journeying through the wilderness, they ask this question um, that they've probably asked countless times why did you bring us up out of Egypt to make us die? It, it seems like every time something difficult happens in the wilderness on this journey, the question that they ask Moses is, why did you bring us out here anyway, just to die? Did you take us out of Egypt just so that we could die in the wilderness? Now I, I didn't go through and count every single time that the people of God asked Moses or God that, but, but it seems like it's a lot having read this over and over again. They may have been exaggerating. They may have been slightly dramatic about it. But more than that, what's happening in asking that question is that they're forgetting what the Lord has done for them along the way. They're forgetting all the provisions that God has made them, the countless times that he's saved them, that he's provided for them. And then at the end of this passage, they ask this question, and they say, is the Lord among us or not? And, you know, I think that's a question that, whether we phrase it that way or not, we probably ask ourselves in our own journeys, is God here among me, among us? Is, Is God here with us? And if he is, does he love us? Does he trust, do we trust him to provide for us, to care for us? You know, the Israelites had seen him show up. They, they'd seen him show up by, by parting the water, by giving them manna and quail. And here, in this instance, by giving them water from a rock. But I think it bears repeating something that I've said multiple times, I think even through this series, that we are short-term memory people who easily forget all that God has done for us. And because we forget, we need those reminders. You see, all these difficult things happen in our lives, these difficult things happen in the lives and the journey of the people of God, and they acted as distractions, just like we have distractions when we're driving in a car. And those distractions can easily get our, become the focus of all of our attention so that we miss other things. You know, that's why we need to pay attention. Because when we begin to pay attention and we start looking around being aware of our situation, we see God. He shows up. He's there. And so are we looking for him? Are we taking a step back? Are we looking in our rearview mirrors and our backup mirror? Are we looking over our shoulders? Are we keeping tabs on everything? Are we just getting fixated on one point and forgetting about what's around us. You know, when we drive in a car, when we get distracted, that's when accidents happen. When we stop looking around, stop paying attention to the things that are in front of us, when we're not looking in the right place, we get ourselves in trouble, we, we get into accidents. And maybe some of you have been there before. Where, you know, even just a split second of lacking focus, you can find yourselves rear-ending somebody. In the same way when we are looking in the wrong place, we can easily find ourselves missing what's there. Because we're looking in the wrong place. We're looking at something else. We miss what might be in front of us, you know, if you're driving. I mean, depending on where you're driving, there are certain parts of the country that I just do not like driving in, because it always seems like it's perpetual construction. There's perpetual concrete barriers on either side of me, and I, I that makes me nervous all the time. And you know, when you're driving and there's a concrete barrier which seems like it's like two feet from your car. It's easy to get focused on that and forget that, hey, there's still cars around me. There's still someone in front of me and behind me and and to the side of me. And the challenge is always to keep all of that before us, not to get so fixated on that concrete barrier that we miss the people on the other side of us or the people in front of us or, or behind us. But we need to keep our heads up. You know, there was a, a, a Christian singer once upon a time named Keith Green. He actually tragically uh, died at a young age in the, in the 80s. But um, he wrote a song called Make My Life a Prayer to You. And it's always been one of my favorite songs of his. And his words were always fairly biting words. They were they were really challenging words. And the phrase that he used in that song really stuck with me. I mean, for 30-plus years, it's been rattling in my head probably even more. Because in this song, Make My Life a Prayer, he says, it's so hard to see when my eyes are on me. Now I don't know if you've ever uh, thought about it before, but if you stop and you look down only at yourself and you try to keep track of everything else around you, it's nearly impossible. Our peripheral vision will will give us some picture of what else is around us, but for the most part, if we're looking at ourselves and only at ourselves, we're gonna miss a whole lot that's going on all around us. We're gonna miss tons of stuff around us. We're gonna not have a full picture of what's really going on. In, In the pages of scripture, there are certain phrases that are repeated over and over again and one of those phrases that you see if you read through you read through the Psalms and probably see it elsewhere God usually says to his people lift up your heads lift up your head, because when we lift up our heads not only do our heads go up but our eyes go up and our ears go up as well we begin to not only lift our heads, but lift our eyes and see and lift our ears and hear. Just like we shouldn't be distracted in our driving and have our heads down in something, we need to lift up our heads when we're driving to keep attentive to the things around us. So we also shouldn't be uh, distracted and, and looking down, when we're journeying through life. You know, my, my kids love watching YouTubes and finding YouTube and watching funny videos. One of the videos that over the years I've seen um, is uh, a perfect example of what not to do when you're walking uh, and keeping your head down. Uh, it's a video of somebody who's walking through a mall and they're so engrossed in their phone It's not just a distraction. It's like their only thing. All of their attention is going to that phone. And so as they're walking, they're looking down at their phone, and they're not seeing the fountain that's right in front of them, and before they know it, they're taking a swim in this fountain, and they're embarrassed and maybe even hurt because they kept their head down because they were lacking focus on what else was around them. There was something that was distracting them from seeing what was right in front of them. Lift up your heads. Lift up your heads. It's a command that God gives to us. And the purpose of it is so that we can take it all in, we can see it all. And when we lift up our heads, uh, we begin to see a bigger picture of what's happening. And not only do we have to lift up our heads, but I think we also need to adopt a different culture, a different practice when it comes to what we do. Lifting up our heads is part of it, but also we need to be adopting a practice and a culture of gratitude that we stop and think about the things that we're grateful for. You know, when I was a kid, and I, I may have told this story before, but uh, my mom and her sisters and sisters-in-law, Thanksgiving and Christmas, families would all get together and uh, inevitably uh, some network on TV was showing the old movie, Pollyanna. Now, um, because inevitably, the only thing that I knew about Pollyanna was that uh, they, my aunts and my mom always watched it at Christmas or, or Thanksgiving. And that every time they watched it, someone would end up crying at the end of it, if not all of them, crying together. So, you know, as a teenager, I steered clear of that kind of thing. I was afraid of it, uh, and it wasn't until I was in my twenties that I really actually allowed myself to um, to watch the movie. And, and when I did, it actually became one of my uh, favorite movies as well. But if you, some of you may know the story, some of you don't. Uh, if you don't know the story, Pollyanna is uh, a little girl who's orphaned, and she goes to live with a rich aunt in this city, and, and her rich aunt is, is a little ornery and uh, unhappy, and so is the town in some ways, mostly because of her aunt, who's kind of controlling the whole town. And And Pollyanna really changes. She turns this whole town upside down with, with her charm, with her positivity. And... Um, she has adopted this game uh, called the glad game, Pollyanna has, and so every time that she encounters something difficult in life that might make her sad or upset, she acknowledges that, but she also says, but I'm also glad for, and you know, fill in the blank, and she, she re- makes herself think of something that uh, is gonna make her glad. And, you know, it's a little elementary. There are some people who have, who have used the term being a Pollyanna as a pejorative uh, phrase, um, but, but I think there's something to what she had adopted, this idea of, of stopping to take in the whole scenario and realizing that everything isn't bad. You know, there may be difficulties in life, but those aren't the only things. The Apostle Paul in 1 Thessalonians 5.11, he wrote, encourage one another and build each other up. You know, we're called and we're commanded to encourage one another, to to help each other see some things that we can be glad about. Things that we can be encouraged by. Things that will build each other up. And we need to take time to, to do that, to encourage, to uplift one another because when we do that and when we encourage one another with the things that we see God doing around us it not only lifts up our own heads but it lifts up the heads of the people around us. Through this journey in Exodus we talked about the fact that at one point Moses, he couldn't hold his arms up anymore and so he had to have Aaron and her hold his arms up And in much the same way that Aaron and Hur lifted up Moses' arms, there may be times in life when we need to lift up somebody else's head or somebody else needs to lift up our heads so that we can realize, we can get away from the thing that's been distracting us and we can realize that, hey, there's a bigger picture here. I'm not saying that when tough times come into our lives that we ignore them. You know We don't play the glad game and completely forget about them, but we do find ourselves in this posture of gratitude where we say, okay, God, even though this is difficult, I still see you at work. I still see your hand. I still see you moving. I still see your blessings. I still see you doing good things here. To me, it speaks to the need for a deep community, or as, as a mentor uh, of mine has said, a thick community. Community that goes so far beyond just waving to one another on Sundays when we gather, or waving in the neighborhood, or when we're walking into our house, or waving at the grocery store. Deep and thick community is community that seeks to really know each other, and to be known by each other. And when we find ourselves a part of thick and deep community, we find ourselves in a place that we can lift up each other's heads, we can lift up each other's arms, and when we're in need of that lift, others around us will do the same for us. Others will encourage us and build us up as we build up and encourage one another. When we begin to do this, we see this culture of gratitude that allows us to not overlook the difficult things, but to keep the difficult things in perspective by reorienting us, by looking at the bigger picture and seeing that it's not all bad. You know, we need to use all the tools at our disposal. Just like when we're driving, we need to use the rear view mirror, we need to use the the side view mirrors, we need to look in front of us, turn, look over our shoulders. It's important that we use all the things before us and afforded to us. You know, over the past few years especially, as I've looked at some of the people who are closest in my life, I've termed them rear view mirrors because all of us have blind spots. All of us have things in our lives that we're incapable of seeing and we need others to give us that view. And I've been so grateful for people who have acted like that for me. We need to use all the tools at our disposal so that we can see, we can be safe. (laughs) And we can make sure that we've got the whole picture in perspective. If we adopt that practice of looking around us, of lifting up our head, I think we'll find ourselves in less trouble. And we'll see ourselves with a much better perspective because we're taking in the whole picture. So, so what do we do with all this? I think we ask ourselves questions, one of those questions being, where are you looking? And are you looking and using all of your mirrors? And when you're driving, are you looking around you to make sure that you're taking it all in? And when you're journeying through life, are you lifting up your head and looking around you? Second question is yeah are you lifting up your head and are you hoping to lift up the heads of other people around you. You know there are times in life when it takes so much energy to lift up our heads. And we just don't want to. You know we're frustrated, we're tired, we we may even question whether or not God exists and we just don't want to lift up our heads. And we need to not only be making sure that we're lifting up our heads, but be mindful of the people who are closest to us. And Don't be mindful of everyone. Don't be, don't be a busybody and butt into people's lives. But are we mindful of other people and making sure that their heads are being lifted up to keep a good perspective? And then that question that ends this passage that the people of God were asking, is the Lord among us or not? Ask that question, is the Lord among us? There will be times that we just don't feel like he's there. I I get that. But um, I, I don't think that's the place where we live. Those need to be exceptions more than rules. And when we find ourselves, when we ask ourselves that question, is the Lord among us? And when we say, yes, he is, then we need to stop, we need to acknowledge it, and we need to let other people know. Like, here it is. That's part of Paul's commandment in 1 Thessalonians, to encourage one another and build one another up. When we see God at work, when we see God among us, we need to lift up our heads, help lift the heads of others, and then let people know, hey, can I tell you where I saw God working among us? We will be encouraged. And again, we're not dismissive of the difficult things that happen, but we put them in perspective when we see how God is at work among us. Let me pray for us. God, thank you. Thank you for this message, and thank you for your promises, and thank you that you help to lift our head. God, thank you that you are at work among us. May we limit ourselves um, to being distracted to, by these things around us, and may we lift up our head to see you at work, to encourage and build others up around us, and to keep everything in perspective, knowing that you are still here, you are still working, you are still watching you are still providing just as you've provided for your people since time began we thank you and we praise you in jesus name Amen. lift up your heads where are you focused right now are you looking at yourself your circumstances those things are important Don't get me wrong, but if those are the only things that you're looking at, you're going to miss everything else that God is up to all around you. Lift up your heads. God is there. Refocus and pay attention to the whole picture to get a better perspective of all that God is doing. Encourage one another and build one another up. I hope that you can find some encouragement and perspective this week. God bless you. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to our podcast. If you have any comments or questions, please email us at thebranchashlandgmail.com. At if you like what you've heard, please subscribe and leave us a review wherever you listen to podcast. Thanks again for listening.